Hello, I'm Jonathan David Scheich, and welcome to the Data Science Real Application Podcast. We are here to empower you with applicable knowledge to succeed in understanding how to apply data sciences in your enterprise, your line of business, or educational journey. Joining us are experts who are making a profound impact in their fields towards transformation and advances in humankind intelligence. For the intellectually curious, the financial and banking professionals, and the data practitioners and students around the world, from the Cornell Club of New York City, welcome. In this podcast, we interview Mark Parity, currently the head of data strategy for Northwell Holdings and Ventures, based off in New York City. We decided to share his knowledge in a part series given the level of valuable detail he gives us into data science, not only on its current applications as we seek, but also in the evolution of data sciences itself. As Mark initially takes us on his personal journey, he in parallel takes us into the real evolution of business applications for data science. He himself is both a witness and practitioner of real business applications since the dot-com boom business in the late 90s. Before us, a real data scientist powerhouse takes us on a journey. Enjoy and grow. Let's get started. Mark, thank you so much for agreeing to our podcast. Welcome to the Data Science Real Applications Podcast. Wonderful. Thank you for having me and thank you for the invite. How how did we meet, Mark? Uh, Remind our listeners, please. (laughs) Oh, Breakfast Club. That's exactly right. Yes. Uh, everybody sort of introduced what they what they did, and and uh, and your eyes lit up, and, uh, and we had a conversation. Yeah. So. Tell us what do you do and uh, who you are. And I do think there's an interesting story. Uh, I hope it's interesting. Anyway, we'll find out, right? Kind of around how I ended up here. Right? How okay. how did I end up as a, as a data scientist? Because uh, it certainly wasn't a straight path, um, you know. And and arguably, it's a little different now that there are you know undergraduate and graduate degrees in data science and machine learning, and there certainly weren't when when I started, but. Um, but I think the journey, uh, tells a lot about, about at least what I think data science is about and what, okay. what's, what's valuable in data science. So, um, uh, a, a long time ago, uh, uh, in a different millennium, right? Uh, uh <laughs> I started off, uh, as an academic neuroscientist, right? So I was doing, uh, cellular molecular neurobiology, Alzheimer's disease. I was in, I was in graduate school, um, uh, and, uh, thought I was going to be a professor, right? Maybe even sort of MD, PhD, right? Mm-hmm. Was, was thinking about it from the time. And then the, uh, the dot com boom came around and I was working, uh, a uh, hundred hour weeks, right? For, right. um, not very much money. This wasn't that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Everybody else, everybody else was, you know, making, making millions on, uh, on, on web pages, right? For those of you who remember this, you know, the days yes. of pets.com and all the rest of it. Um, and so I, late nineties, late nineties, yes. yeah, late nineties. Uh, uh, and so, uh, I got recruited out of graduate school, um, to a company that did, uh, business intelligence and data warehousing. Um, and it sort of took me a, a moment or two to realize what they were talking about. But, but all of a sudden I realized they had this vision about, about data and organizing the world's data. And it wasn't Google, right? But organizing the world's data, structuring it, uh, allowing people to report on it, um, uh, you know, to generate insights, right? And to, 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 to sort of spread information. And I'd actually been, one of the things that had been very frustrating to me as a graduate student was there was no, um, there's no centralized, uh, uh, resources, right? It, it was very difficult to find information. It was very difficult to find out what I was, I was in Boston. So it was very difficult to find out what talks were happening at which universities where on which days. And, um, uh, and so this notion of bringing data together was, was, uh, uh, was very interesting to me. And I'd always been very interested in model building. So I, I, I left I, after 10 years in academia. I, I left into industry. 
Uh, and one of the things that became immediately clear to me was industry was a totally different set of rules mm -hmm. right, than academia. Um, and so uh, uh, I spent sort of about the next 10 years, arguably, bouncing through different parts of the, of the business world, just sort of trying to understand how it worked and, and what that logic was. And so I did uh, I did time in tech support. I did time in pre-sales consulting. I did time in post-sales consulting. I did it on the vendor side. I did it on the client side. Started, on the data side, all all all, all, of, all of this, yeah, all this was business intelligence, data warehousing, okay. uh, all of, and data architecture, moving into sort of the data architecture side of things, um, uh, and with an interest in analytics and, and modeling. But, but quite frankly, in the early two thousands, uh, the software just didn't do anything really interesting from a modeling mm -hmm. standpoint, at least in the, on the business intelligence side of the world. Oh, and then you know the other funny. Well, well, I'll, I'll sort of get to that that part as well. Um, but but anyway, uh, started my own. Um, uh, software, uh, uh, company started my own consulting company, right? Uh, uh, running joke there is, is, you know, um, neither of which were unicorns, which is why we're not having this, this podcast on my private island. Okay. Uh, but, um, <laughs> okay. so I didn't fly you into Ibiza to write it. Um, it's okay. It's all right, you know, but it was, it was all learning, right? It's, it's sort yeah. of learning and understanding. Um, uh, but, but, one of the things I sort of had this dream of doing from very early on, right? Because I'd had this 10 years of, of training in, in how to think about data and respecting data and building models around data. And I got to the business world, um, uh, you know, and I'd ask people questions. You know, th these are people who were making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year in their role, right? Senior, senior analyst. Uh, um, and, uh, you know, I'd ask them a was question. This, was, was this uh, in what industry specifically? Uh, it was a bunch of different industries. So, bunch of, so yeah, even, re even the financial? Retail, yeah. financial, insurance, right? Okay. I bounced around a lot. Um, okay. Which is actually great because I got to see a lot of different different aspects. But And I believe this was actually, uh, this happened in, in retail. Um, uh, so these are people who are responsible for, these were buyers responsible for, for you know, millions of dollars of product purchases, right? And, and uh and I believe in actually this case, it was, it was a bridal buyer, right? So he was sort of deciding like what next year's wedding dresses were going to look mm -hmm. like and what was sort of going to be the hot wedding china and all the rest of it. Uh, and, and I asked what I thought was a, was a pretty simple question. I said, you know, so what's the, what's the mode on the data, right? Because, you know, the, right. it, it, it mean, median mode matters. Right? I doubt a person would understand that, but you would be surprised. You'd be surprised. Well, yeah. this was, this was the early 2000s, uh, and sort of looked at me cross-eyed, right? Huh. What he was saying? I said, okay, okay, how about, how about, how about the median? He was like, you mean the thing in the middle of the road? Like, no, <laughs> no. How about how about the mean? He's like, the mean. what do you mean the mean? Right? Uh -huh. Okay, okay. Average. How about average? He's like, oh, I use that function in Excel all the oh. time. <laughs> so you know, I mean, that's kind of where we were in the early two uh thousands. -huh. Um, uh, and so, so this vision that I had of can we take these 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 business data sets and treat them with the same methodological rigor and clarity of thought that we would treat an academic data set with, right? But do it on business time scales and do it focused towards uh, actually building products and services that people want to buy, that work in the real world, that, that, that provide some value. Um, and there just really wasn't, uh, there were, no one wanted to hear that in the business world um, mm -hmm. uh, until you sort of get to 2007, 2010, data science starts to become a thing. That's when I realized what I've actually always been as a data scientist. We just didn't have, a we didn't have a name for it. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and, um, uh, so, and I, you know, and arguably that's when I started my first real sort of, uh, uh, you know, model building machine learning. AI. So, so about 13, 14 years, uh, uh, into that, into that effort now. Um, with data science, people start to listen a little bit more, but still, yeah, it was another good 10 years, everything, almost 10 years, um, uh, before it really starts to catch on. And, um, but, but most relevantly, uh, sort of into the conversation today showed up. Um, at Optum, uh, right? Part of United Health Group, right? Uh, has United Healthcare, which is the insurance side. Optum is all the healthcare services. Enormous company, right? 
120, 130, 140 billion dollars a year, something crazy, right? 200, 240,000 employees, something, mm-hmm. something like that. But I showed up there in um, uh, July of 2016 uh, as their dean of data science university, right? And so, uh, and my my job there, right, was to teach the organization about data science, right, machine learning, and how you build products. It was actually really it was fantastic. It was how do I take all of these ideas, all of these sorts of experiments that I've been doing with different models to mix the academia and industry, right, mm-hmm. in, in the preceding decade or so. Um, and really, really put them put them into practice. And and the great story there is that uh, when I showed up, we had 12 students, July of 2016. Um, uh, by the time I left left in December of 2019, we had had over 2,100 unique employees successfully wow. complete one or more of the programs. Right? Wow. Um, and that wasn't that we suddenly had 2,100 people who understood tensor calculus and were pounding up Python code. Right. And, right. and I think this is one of the, the really important lessons. This is this is part of why I, I, I tell this long story. Um, we tried that. We tried, you know, it was a very academic model when we first showed up. It was very rigorous. It was, you know, the cream of the crop, best of the best, um, you know, uh, programmers, mathematicians, economists. Um, and we did great work. Actually, you know, within a year, uh, we, we, we trained about a hundred junior data scientists who were. What was, what was the outcome, Mark, of, of training those data scientists? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's a good point, right? Uh-huh. So in the first year, the outcome was, was nil. Okay. And this was one of the really interesting learning points, right? So we had this very academic approach. We trained up these people. It's actually enormously successful. We paired them with um, uh, uh, senior data scientists from day one. We had them working on real data sets, on real projects while we were training them. Um, and, and were able to very rapidly grow and, and scale this group of folks. And we actually built some great models. We built um, uh, uh, we built a, a, a model for diabetes that could look at a population of diabetics this year who were stable mm-hmm. um, and predict which of those people were likely to um, move from stable to unstable within a year and what were the likely reasons why they were going to going to switch from, from, mm-hmm. from stable to unstable, right? So it seemed like a win-win-win to us, right? We were able to go and give clinicians points of intervention, say this patient is likely to go and have this this issue, so intervene now. Um, uh, mm-hmm. It seemed like a win for the patients because we'd be avoiding these these bad consequences, they'd be healthier, they'd stay in this stable state, and it seemed like a win for the insurance company because they wouldn't have to be paying for right. these, these you know, crashes um, that would that would, that would eventually come. Um, but the model fell flat on its face. It was a complete failure. No uptake, uh-huh. no one was interested, and, and it was because we had thought of it just as an exercise in math. Okay. And we hadn't taken into account that in order for something to be a product, right, right. especially at a company the size of Optum, yeah. it has to be touched by literally hundreds, if not thousands of people. Okay. And all of these other folks in the chain had no idea what it, a, a model was, didn't understand yeah. data science, didn't know how to figure that into their standard processes by which they, they productized and rolled out. And this is where we, we really learned that there was this beautiful fit between product management and data science. And, okay. and again, you go back to 2017, this was really kind of cutting edge stuff. No one was really thinking. Now there's a lot more talk about data product managers and people are very much aware of this. Mm-hmm. It's not even, I was, gonna, I was gonna ask you, I mean, that it seems fairly new, relatively yeah. new. It seems yeah. that we're still at an infancy stage oh. when it comes to understanding yeah. data science, yeah. despite the big buzz, right, yeah. about it. Okay. Yeah, no, absolutely. And this is one of the things I, I, I always used to sort of tell my students, right? Um, uh, you know, as we, we put together these classes and kind of fucking through them was data science is so new. We literally don't know what we don't know.
One of the things that became clear as I entered into deeper conversation with Mark is that I was in front of a man who has real applicable experience with data. Most amazingly, that he has, although if you ask him, he will humbly deny it, made real special contributions towards the advancement of humankind intelligence. We normally listen to artists, politicians to form opinions about the future. That can be great. Let's, however, take a moment to listen to scientists that actually do the work that shape and influence our world today and learn something profound of value from them. Listen to part two to understand the impact of Mars' contributions.